and he explains the pericardium like in the palace do you know how like the gallbladder is considered the judge the lungs is the advisor and like the liver is the general that sort of um social hierarchy whatever is the pericardium is sort of known as the court jester and he's there to make the king which is your heart sort of laugh bring joy Welcome back to the Forever Young Podcast, a Chinese medicine podcast hosted by Chinese medicine graduates. We release episodes every week on a Thursday. If you're new here, feel free to subscribe or follow us um, to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Brendan, and I'm joined by Charlene. Hello. Nick. Hey guys, how we doing? And Timmy. Hey yo. Now this is part. Okay, I think it's nine. I'm really bad at keeping track. This is part nine of our introductory series. And if you haven't listened to the previous up to, uh, uh, episodes, hmm, uh, make sure to watch the first episode and all the other ones to keep up to date. Um, this introductory series is basically just a breakdown of the uh, the basics. We kind of strip it down instead of going through conditions and that. Um, but before we go into talking about um, these organs that we're going to talk, to talk about today, um, it's important to understand that the Chinese medicine perspective of organs is quite different to the typical science-based Western medicine perspective. The organs are seen for more of their more than their physiological function and structure in our field. They possess a Chinese medicine function, which sometimes are in line with the Western medicine function, but sometimes aren't, which can be a little bit confusing to wrap your head around um, if your understanding of the body is completely Western medicine-based. Um, all organs have a pairing organ, which one represents yin and one represents yang. Um, we kind of do this to help those curious about China, uh, traditional Chinese medicine or TCM to, and, want to, and we want to cover the fundamental perspectives and principles on Chinese medicine. And while modern medicine seeks to unveil the mechanisms behind the veil of symptoms, there's still a lot left unknown and that's where TCM can help. Tim, are you happy? Hey, that was very good. I like that last bit that you added. Hey, thanks, dog. I wrote that myself. Um, <laughs> and if you are new to, if you are new to TCM, um, coming from a completely Western medicine point of view, this episode is going to confuse the hell out of you. <laughs> Look, I I'm gonna forewarn y'all and also the listeners. This subject I know very little about, and I know a very basic amount of this one, um, just because. Actually, I'm not even going to put it A because, because I don't know why. But today we're covering the Sanjiao, or also known as triple warmer, and the pericardium. Sanjiao being the young or organ. Or triple burner. Or triple burner, true. And um, the triple burner, or triple warmer, Sanjiao, whatever, is the young organ, and the pericardium is the yin. Um, like I said, they're pretty looked over. They're not talked about a lot, but they are quite important. Um, the Sanjiao or the triple burner or triple warmer refers to the, uh, to the water passage that transports food and fluid within the three jowls, upper, middle, and lower. Um, the pericardium refers to the outer lining of the heart that serves to protect the heart from exogenous pathogens. So it's not an actual independent organ, sometimes treated like, but it's more of like an accessory to the heart. So if you, so when you look up the functions, it will kind of coincide with a lot of heart stuff, but it has a little bit of its own. Um, so with heart conditions like heart fire disturbances, it'll affect the pericardium first. Um, now, does anyone give, want to give the lowdown? Because I don't think I'm very qualified to put 
any info about the Senjiao or the pericardium, <laughs> the elements in that. How do we feel? Um, shall we go over the the western side of the pericardium first, um, and then we'll we'll have a brief we'll have a brief chat about pericardium, and then I think we'll we'll spend the bulk of the podcast talking about the the Senjiao, um, and trying to answer some of the questions that are related to it. Um, that's a very complex idea in the body and there are a lot of different views and debating topics about the Sanjiao and whether it exists or whether it doesn't exist and what it does. I'll be uh, so, learning alongside the viewers right now. <laughs> you got to be teaching me right now. Hey, we all learn alongside each other. <laughs> Hell yeah. We all learn alongside Hell each other. Yeah. <laughs> all right, continue. Go ahead. So the pericardium. Does anybody want to give a good summary in Western medicine? <laughs> Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Tim, Tim <laughs> what <are> you? <laughs> um, the pericardium's like, like B was saying before, how you have that sort of thin sac lining around the heart. Its main function from the Western med side is just sort of like lubricate it, give it some extra protection. That's sort of all it sort of does. Sometimes it can get inflamed and then you have a lot of problems. But... That's mostly its function is just to help keep things lubricated and moving. Yeah, essentially. Um, and yeah, just like you're saying, it can become a bit irritated and you can get um, pericarditis or whatever it's called. Pericarditis. Um, pericarditis. Pericarditis. <laughs> Close enough. I don't know I don't that. what it is. I don't know that. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which, yeah, which can cause a bit of problems uh, in the heart well, and sort of look like um, heart attacks and, you know, any pain with the heart, you sort of think heart attack first. But So, Chinese medicine-wise, what does it do? How does it work? Similar to Western medicine. It's like the layer around the heart that protects the heart from... And anything from external pathogens like what B was saying but also it kind of protects the shin um, and gives us the ability to kind of be I don't know if it's the right word like resilient and be able to kind of like deal with our emotional um, emotional aspects as well yeah I you know quite quite like the Chinese medicine view or the Chinese view of like, you know, painting a picture with everything they do. Um, you know, so it's like the house around the heart, you know, it's the heart's palace. And if something's going to attack the heart, it's going to have to go through the walls first. I, I think that's pretty cool. I, I associate yeah, like the... Oh, sorry, continue. Uh, I was go just going to say, it's like the house within the house. So it's like the house is for the spirits. Yeah. And then you have a house for that, which is a palace. It's like the Did palace we? walls. Like the Forbidden mm, City, and then like the big ass wall around the outside protecting everything. It's a big ass fence. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, in mine... some people it might be a fence. <laughs> For my, some people my... it might not even be that big, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> true, true. I just, Sorry, I just, we... uh, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the neighbour just. Knocked... I'm pretty sure the neighbour knocked down the, my pericardium the other day. <laughs> oh no. Just a small bit of it. <laughs> what uh, so funny. Uh, funny story. They just... 
I don't know. There, there was something going on, and then they just because our driveway is very small. Uh, we live in the unit, so then they just just busted out half of, like one of the panels of the house pericardium. <laughs> it was so funny. Anyway, Wait, literally uh, your fence. Yeah, like the the units the units fence. Yes, literally his fence. Oh, literally okay. the fence. <laughs> I get it. I guess see it's funny. Haha. <laughs> yeah. Fences fences aside. Fences aside, my understanding of pericardium usually just comes from uh the acupuncture points. So understanding that a lot of the PC points uh do refer to a lot of kind of like heart fire kind of calming the heart or maybe maybe sometimes I'm not quite sure but nourishing the heart blood sometimes uh, but mostly just like calming the heart but also I know it has a connection to the stomach um, specifically things like PC uh, four and five and six do you have a uh, do you have interactions with the stomach um, in order to harmonize it do you guys know anything about that connection specifically because I all I can really just say that it just um, it calms the stomach or it assists the heart to assist to calm the stomach or something, but I don't really know. So do you guys have any idea where the connection is there? I believe that comes from um, the pericardium as a channel. And, you know, we talked about the urinary bladder as an organ and as like a meridian. And as a meridian there, that's, that's quite strong. Um, and the pericardium has that internal connection with the with the middle and the stomach and the chest. So, you know, those those points that you were just talking about be there. That's where that connection I believe comes from. The organ itself doesn't have too much of a function to do with the stomach and the, the digestive side of things, but the points they have a connection through that channel. And I think that's you know, again, one of the more important aspects of the pericardium is the clinical side and you know, helping treat the Shen through the pericardium. You know, it could be a gentler approach. I think that's a good point that you brought up, Nick, the difference between the organs, the, like, functions of them, and the functions of the meridian acupuncture points. So I think when I was starting out, I just thought the organs and the um, meridians had the same functions, the same things. But then I guess later on, I realized that the functions and the acupuncture points, well, the actual organ and the acupuncture points were different. So you have to keep that in mind when you are kind of learning these things, that there is a bit of a separation. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, no, no. It was a, it's a good explanation. Yeah, it's... It's like learning how those organs interact with each other and then learning how that organ, we use that organ clinically. Um, and that's, yeah, that's part of this whole um, introductory series and sort of why we wanted to deep dive into it a little bit more. It's all about f relationships and how these organs form, do their own thing and how they do it with others and then sort of, yeah, what they do clinically. Going back to um, the Chinese medicine part of pericardium, is there any other functions that, other than uh, protecting the heart and stopping it from any sort of heart fire invasions or anything like that, is there anything else got to do with the pericardium or should we move on to Sanjiao? So there's this one phrase that um, I think this is in the 
the canon of the Yellow Emperor that Charlene and I just read, where he explains the pericardium, like, in the palace, do you know how, like, the gallbladder is considered the judge, the lungs is the advisor, and, like, the liver is the general, that sort of um, social hierarchy, whatever. There's the pericardium is sort of known as the court jester, and he's there to make the king, which is your heart, sort of laugh, bring joy, that sort of aspects of it. So when um, the patient experiences like severe sadness, it normally shoots and attacks the heart first before it enters the heart. So it's sort of another way of seeing it is like if you have a castle and then you have that little drawbridge that comes down, if the drawbridge has problems coming down or coming back up or it's damaged, then you're going to have a lot of trouble or passage problems going into the heart. So with the pericardium... Another... Sorry, just real quick, oh, as a as a, as a yeah, uh, yeah. someone that's learning on the spot right now... Um, so, do you associate the idea of joy with um, with the pericardium? Because I know joy is more associated with the organs left for me right now, but another organ itself. Yeah, the heart. Like, I thought so. I wasn't sure. Um, yeah. Uh, does that joy aspect come from the pericardium in that no. case? So, it's it's sort of like the bridging between... The heart and the, per- so the pericardium is the bridge. So let's say that um, the heart is experiencing too much overjoy. I can't control myself. I'm starting to be a bit manic. You'd often look at the heart and the pericardium alike. So normally the bridge or the pericardium has been damaged to the point where emotions just keep going into the heart and they can't control that sort of aspect anymore is how I sort of see it. Right, right. Okay. Sorry, Nick, what are you about to make sense? Which yeah. is... I think you'd also... I was going to say, which is... Oh. Ooh! Fighting <laughs> each other, fighting each other. I was <laughs> going to say that I think you can also consider the pericardium when you consider the heart, because if we're talking about five elements, the pericardium is also part of the fire element, and joy is associated with the fire element as well. So... I think it's important to look at both when you're considering um, conditions or like disorders related to the heart. And the other thing that's quite interesting is when the pericardium is removed um, and that's um, due to infection or some some other conditions um, that are related with the pericardium. And that brings on a very interesting aspect to emotions. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen maybe two people with with their pericardium removed and they were strikingly similar uh in terms of how they dealt with emotions and how they didn't deal with emotions um they were quite irritable uh quite agitated didn't want to really sit down and listen uh never really wanted to answer any questions and they but they also felt like they were never helped and they always you know, sort of wanted more out of that relationship. And, yeah, both patients were strikingly similar, which is, and they both had their pericardium removed. So, which is just a really interesting aspect of, of you know, org- like removing an organ and that impact on mental health and how we view it in Chinese medicine. 
I just think it's interesting. I find that so interesting. Like when we were talking about the removal of gallbladder in the other episode, I thought that was sick and mm. how it like interacts with uh, your personality because um, I've mentioned it multiple times about how a lot of people associate their uh, certain organs to pretty much make up their personality. Like I'm personally for me, I'm more liver based. I think, did we associate heart with you, Nick? I don't remember. I don't know if we actually did it on air Probably. or not. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Probably um, liver. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of both. A little bit of emotional disturbances. Anyway. <laughs> um, but I, I really like the interaction between uh, actually seeing something like removals affect uh, the Chinese medicine side too and the personality side that's not really looked at and it's considered more spiritual in the Western world, that is. Just thought I'd put that out there. <laughs> Shall we move on to the Sanjiao? Yes, please. Which is quite complicated. Go ahead. So what is, <laughs> the, what is the Sanjiao? Because I think the most confusing thing about the Sanjiao is that there's no visceral organ that we can compare with. Because like... We can normally see pericardium as a literal thing that you can see. The heart is an organ. Obviously, you can see that. All the stuff that we've talked about so far, you can actually see and identify with an organ. Whereas the sand just sort of different. Could can I try this clarify one? clarify what that's... Yeah, go. I'll try it because, I mean, if I'm not going to contribute yeah. anything to this podcast, I might as well try a little bit. <laughs> no, that's but not true. I know that um, the Sanjiao does refer to that one channel that does connect, like I said earlier, the upper, middle, and lower jowl. I know it transports uh, food, and it's also referred a lot of the time as the water passage. Um, and it's constantly, I think it's used to warm that uh, the water and the food for the other organs to actually use, and to, and for things to transport from the upper to the lower for use. I, I guess that was kind of implied, but. Um, I kind of, yeah, I kind of see it as, and it says in the notes here too, uh, the, like, an irrigation system. Um, I, I, I really actually really like that analogy because it's like, it's like a pipe. I, I think of it, for me anyway, as like a pipe. And then it has little small pipes that are attached to uh, the other organs that need nourishing of water, that need uh, food or whatever to keep the body running. So even though it doesn't actually have a physical... Um, organ to pertain to as like you know like the spleen the liver the heart whatever it still does um, a lot and it is actually quite important um, on the contrary I don't know much about it but um, but still I think I still think it's pretty important to look at especially when you have uh, some conditions that don't typically make sense um, sometimes there might be something wrong with the triple the sanjiao or the triple burner um, and that's a good one to look at uh, there's a little bit more uh, functions here that I, I'm not too familiar with, so I might palm that off to someone else. Um, if anyone wants to take that. Yeah, that was a good explanation, B. Um, that, the explanation of that water passage um, and connecting the, the upper, middle and lower. Uh, we always chat about the middle jowl and sort of dysfunctions in that section. Um, and, you know, we segment the body. And that senjiao is the connection between all three. Um, like you were saying, it sends the mist or the... Yeah, it sends the mist up to the top, um, f which comes 
from the fire below. Wait, wait, just before in the middle. Sorry, just before you go into that sort of stuff. Yeah. Could you uh, just explain what like where's the upper, where's the middle, and where's the lower? Just so I like our audience can get sort of like a uh, yes. visual representation of like, oh, the upper is like, is it like just the head? So the upper. Or like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, no, 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 yeah, no, you're you're completely right. Um, so we're talking about organs here, and you know, sort of in Chinese medicine, we're always chatting about the the zhang zhang fu organs, um, and the rest of the body is sort of not irrelevant but less important. <laughs> um, so so the upper is is the heart and the lungs, is it not? Yes, and the middle the middle jaw includes the spleen and the is the liver in the middle jaw? Oh, yes. that's a that's yes. a oh, debatable one. but that's a heavily debated topic. For me it is. <laughs> I put I oh, put that wait. personally. I put it, well, I put that no, lower, lower jaw. Is lower I thought jow. it was lower jaw as well. Yeah. That's the but yeah. I have heard it being in the middle jaw. So though. the spleen Yeah, so have I. <laughs> so the liver is somewhere between the middle and the lower jaw. <laughs> the spleen is in the middle jaw. The kidneys are in the lower jaw. Yes. Yeah. Have I missed anything? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I just want to quickly n- note as well that, like stuff like the brain, and the uterus, it's not that they're less important. It's just that their functions are controlled by one of the major organs so that that's why they're often overlooked is because their functionality they're classed as yes they're classed under a different organ already or they're yeah they're cl- the, well, and they're also classed as like the eight extraordinary organs um which i think we're going to touch on in a later episode um so yeah it's not that they're in not important but their yeah their functions are overshadowed by something else um so yeah the so that upper is the upper gel is considered like the mist in terms of uh fluids so you know you can sort of think of it as as the the earth you know the upper gel is like the clouds um that's where we sort of take in air and um circulate chi and then the middle is that rottening and ripening phase that we talk about uh when we talked about the spleen it's you know we need the water, we need the water passage in there to to take out the good stuff and remove the bad stuff. Um, you know when when we think about like dirt and clay and um, talking about like removing minerals, you need water in there to help that. Um, and then the lower is considered the ditch, um, so it's it's just the excretion of waste, um, and you want that obviously to be. To be to have lot, to have enough fluid to pass, you know, normal bowel motions, um, and not be too dry or not be too loose. So you know, it's that it's that perfect balance, um, and that's that's the perfect balance between all three. Tom's face is. No, I agree completely. I, I, there's this one. There's this one. Um, <laughs> sorry. There's this one thing that B said that I really liked of how like the irrigation system so just think of it it's there to support the water passage for each system if it's sewage or if it's just like like the lubrication of sort of the functionalities of that specific gel or burner 
So, so the sand jar has like three main functions, um, and this is coming from the Foundation of Chinese Medicine by Giovanni Machacha. Which, yep, that's how I'm going to pronounce it. <laughs> I think it's Machacha. <laughs> Machacha. Machacha sounds good. <laughs> we all know who he is. Yeah. Um, sounds like a sort of that's <laughs> that's the important thing. Um, it mobilizes the original qi or the yuan qi. It controls the transportation and penetration of qi. And like we were just saying then before, it also controls the water passage and the excretion of fluids. Um, I think that the passage and transportation of qi is alongside that water passage is one of the most important functions um, of of the San Jiao because as we were saying, it connects all it connects all of the organs together um you know when we're talking about the liver free flows the chi and making sure that sort of everything is getting to where it needs to be it's using the sand jar to get there and and the meridians right because <laughs> because uh, when i think of that i think of like um i think of uh with the free flow i think meridians first the free flow of chi and blood through the meridians not necessarily the triple burner or the triple warmer or the sun chow, whatever um it is that like yeah it's a complicated added, system is that like added to the free flow of that too is that what we're talking about yeah um i think i think they use both i think it's it's uh, you know that situation of like highways freeway freeways roads and back streets type of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And that San Jiao is, is that complex map, but the meridians are those, you know, those pathways and those roads. Yeah, I, I kind of like to think of it as like, uh, so yeah, the meridians are chi and blood, and I think I guess it's kind of straightforward where the San Jiao transports fluids. It transports the nutrients and, and the food that is required for the f- like a uh, part of the fuel to keep the the organs going because it need it doesn't need only need like chi and blood it's going to need the nutrients it's going to need all um and and like fluids and stuff to keep it uh nourished and i hate this word moistened um so it's it's kind of it's it is super important still um and i guess when we're looking at malnourishing of organs and stuff which is kind of specific in itself. I, I, I think it's probably a good idea if we look at yeah, the, uh, the San Jiao when we're treating that and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. There's this one sort of thing that how I just imagine the San Jiao after you guys were talking, which is like, imagine you see like a body and there's just like this massive river of life, nutrients, water stuff that runs from like from the head of your body to like the butt of your body. So imagine sort of each organ just coming in and grabbing some of that water from the like this water stream and then they take it to help with their functions. So like the lungs are like, oh, I want some of this water um, so I can go make some steam mist to help with the breathing so the lungs are more lubricated. So they'll take some water from the this water stream and then they'll go help with their function. It'll help with them and their functionalities to help for their workers. For the middle jowl, it's sort of like 
imagine you're trying to cook like food you put in water to help like make everything less dry and so you can smoothen things out so all the workers from spleen and stomach would come in take some buckets take it out of the water of life help it so they can help ripening the food and so it can digest and stuff and then the spleen's going to help sort it out that's that's their own jobs whereas like when it gets to the butt end it's sort of like everything's like they want to start filtering stuff so the kidneys and all that sort of bladder stuff are like well, we've got so much waste and it's all sort of clumped together. So we're going to want to like wash it out. So they're going to grab some water from the water stream and like start washing stuff out. And that's, that's sort of how I imagine it. So it comes into complications when you have problems with the sun gel or the triple burner or the triple energizer where the dam or this water stream breaks and all this water that's meant for them, it starts breaking out. And then, so if you have it in the lower gel, you see lots of like swelling and like oedema in the lower jaw. You have like legs that are swollen, feet. You might have like lower abdomen sort of bloating. Whereas like the middle is like, if your middle dam's sort of breaking, you see like that big swollen stomach that's like all fluid retention, not really like digestion. Like it can affect the digestion afterwards, but like it goes up and down with like the mornings and the nights. Whereas like the upper one is like, hands chest oedema which is like swelling of the chest hands feet oh no 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 just the hands and like the head and the face what a vivid picture you've painted (laughs) (laughs) no i want to i want to draw attention i want to draw attention to uh I, i don't know if any of you guys noticed but he but timmy called the sand jiao or the this the the water stream in this analogy the water of life. <laughs> the water of life. <laughs> this, this is why Chinese men get such a bad rep. They're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Water of life. It's just the water I, of life. I love it so much. Sorry, back. continue. <laughs> Can I go back and ask Nick? Um, he mentioned briefly about the fires um, mm-hmm. that are connected to the San Jiao. And can I, can we go back? And talk about that because uh, you mentioned it, and then we moved on the very what? quickly. The, fi- the fires the fire, of life, the ministerial fire. Oh. No, I don't know anything about. That. <laughs> <laughs> furiously, furiously flips through pages. It's like, like there's nothing here. There's nothing here. Like, yeah, and there's like connection with the fire. And then Tom was like, "Can we go back and talk about this?" And then I was Sorry. like, "No, but I want to hear what you have to say about the fire." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I I wanted to talk about the transportation of chi. Okay, uh, so not I didn't the have fire. To say about fire. Okay. Mm, We're gonna no, douse that fire. we can come fire. back to that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Snuff that fire. We can come back to the fire. I'll... Well, ca- I, yeah, well, I Glenn, the can I open about. the question in that? How does I guess the fire relate to because we call it the triple burner or some people call it the triple burner so i guess how how does that relate to anything (laughs) yeah nick (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) you're like yep that's the name written right there that's it that's a warm that's that's, that feels a little bit warm yeah yeah Do you, do you feel that? 
<laughs> Sorry. Feel the fire now under you, Nick. Just he feels a triple burn under his ass. <laughs> I think that I think the fi- I do think the fire thing comes back to to the water metabolism and the fluid distribution. So I go back to um, kidney young. You know, we're always talking about like fire under the pot. Yeah, that type of stuff. That's um, something. And you know, sort of the connection between the young and heating up um, the upper, middle, and lower jowls, um, making sure that that Mingmen fire, that minstrel fire, reaches where it needs to be um, up at the heart, and that connection of the kidneys and the, the heart, and the pericardium as well, um, included in that heart situation. In the heart situation, love it. <laughs> but that's all I got. I, I think the reason why the it's called the triple burner is because, like, you know how we were talking about how the um, the sun jail, the triple burner, has a, like is related to water passages, and that like, in order to control water, there needs to be fire. So that's why they call it the sun jail, so that the body can control the water inside the passage. But with that water, you need the fire. That's why they call it triple burner. If that answers your question. I believe it. Good explanation, Tom. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, like, your ass is like fanning out from all the burning that's just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's gone strawberry red. Jesus. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did put you on the triple burner, didn't we? <laughs> we did. The three of us. <laughs> we did. We are the triple burner. Shut the middle jowl. You did. Yes. Burnt to a crisp. <laughs> I'm a waste I'm a waste of time so I can be so the uh, other lower gel anyway continue sorry <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the other aspect of the sand gel is that transportation and penetration of chi and I think that's you know along like I said earlier alongside the the fluid distribution um, you know chi comes along with that and from Zhang Zhongjing he says the triple burner is the three original chi of the body. It is the yang of the clear. It controls the five yin and the six yang, the nutrigi- nu- nutritive the nutritive chi. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, the nutrigena chi. And the defensive chi and the channels and the chi of the interior and exterior. Left to right, up and a blow. When the chi of the triple burner has free passage, chi passes freely into the interior, exterior, left, right, up and below. The triple burner irrigates the body, harmonizes the interior and exterior, benefits the left and nourishes the right. It conducts upwards and descends downwards. I think that's you know sums it up pretty well um, in terms of both how it directs the chi and how it distributes the fluid. You know we're we're talking about those connections and that that um, the sea of life. What did you call it? The water. The of water life. of life. The river of life. <laughs> the, river of the, st- life. the stream of life. of life. I think they actually have you know, that. We, we like want to distribute oh. that. Sorry, I was going to go off track. <coughs> no, you go. <laughs> <laughs> we want to distribute that as far as possible. Um, and in all directions of the body. And, you know, when we talk about organs and we have through this introductory series, we're always talking about the direction of the organ. Um, you know, like... Sp- Spleen's direction is upwards and stomach's direction is downwards. Um, you know, so we're always talking about these these directions. And that sand gel helps facilitate the chi 
in those directions. It's yeah, it's that complicated, complex um, map of what's happening in the body and helps us everything sort of facilitate to where it needs to be. Right. That was a great so explanation by before, also. Does Sancho go? Hmm? Oh, do you want to throw hands, Tim? At the moment. Tim, do you want to throw hands? You want to throw hands? I was gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you go, you go. Nah, nah. I was gonna go completely off track. So it's all you. <laughs> oh, okay. Tom, right. Tom sounds like he has a good question. Yeah, it sounds like a really good question. Question, except. Oh my god. Um... <laughs> So, Nick, you were talking about how the sun jar, like how all the sort of organs have different directions. How does how does the sun jar go again? Could you just repeat what you said before? Like, in which direction does the sun jar go? All directions. So, it helps facilitate... <laughs> it helps facilitate um, all directions. So, uh, left and right, up and down, in and out. <laughs> You asked which directions, and yeah, the Sanjiao does all of them. It, it controls all of the all of the chi in the body, um, whether that's yeah that that nutritive chi, the nutrigenia chi in the stomach, which helps break down the food, um, the wei chi at the surface coming from the lungs that has to go to the out. Um, <sighs> yeah, I just want to bring or the attention. Yuan Chi, which is stored down below. All right, I just want to give. <laughs> I love this. I just want to bring attention to the fact that in the notes, controls transportation and penetration of Chi. Nick has a quote from Zhang Zhongjing himself. <laughs> I love that. You better believe it. <laughs> himself. You better believe it. Yeah, my curious question Only is like. How did Zhang Zhongjing oh. have neutrogenia? That's what I'm really wondering about. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> Not even the same company. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it worked. All right. They're all no, owned by the one company. Who cares? Yeah, God. <laughs> and I only, I only get my reputable sources from one place, mate. That's, that's Zhang Zhongjing himself. The man. He knows. ZZJ, what's and up? Then, that's it. Uh, do we want to touch on... Do we have anything else good to say? I, I was going to say, do we want to touch on the clinical applications of what we just talked about? So, because we talked about triple, uh, triple burnout, we talked about pericardium, and we touched on a little bit about clinic. Do we want to run through maybe like uh, how we see that in clinic or what we've seen in clinic um, and what we should look out for when we're looking into each organ really quickly? If they're not working well, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think both of these organs um, are sort of a little bit different from the way we view sort of liver, spleen, heart clinically because like we were saying, you know, they're sort of, they they help facilitate the rest of the body and the pericardium helps protect the heart. So when we're, when we're treating the pericardium, we're looking at the heart um, and we're looking at the disturbances that happened or that are happening in the heart. Um, same with the Sam Jow. We're looking at water metabolism and chi movement in the body. And we're looking at another angle on how to treat the organs through the Sam Jow. And I think that's sort of the way I view Sam Jow and pericardium. Um, you know, I'm, it's 
it's looking at building the walls sort of to help protect that organ. Um, mm. I I think I kind of look at. And I think the way Wobber. Tom said. Hmm? Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say I think the way Tom said about the edema <laughs> and the fluid metabolism between all three burners is is sort of puts it best um, about you know the f- you could always attribute that fluid fluid metabolism to that organ as well um, you know if you got lower leg edema you can look at the kidneys and say all right well there's you know maybe some kidney young deficiency not being able to f- metabolize that fluid properly but once you sort of introduce the San Jiao and include that into your treatment principles and start to look at how to treat the sand gel to help move that fluid and to help tonify the kidney better. I think that's when you'll get better clinical result. Yeah, that, I love that actually a lot. <laughs> Looking at like metabol- uh, water metabolism from an alternate, alternate point of view because uh, a lot of the way that I treat and I'm sure you guys also treat too is like very multi-angled. Um, especially when I look at more water stuff uh yeah sanjao is where it's at um same as heart stuff too um for me anyway um so i really like that what you just said nick about the whole um water metabolism and all that yeah anyone else have uh, any clinical applications um i was going to talk about the pc the pericardium which um nick touched on briefly when he talked about some patients that he's seen Um, and what he sees in those patients. I think when you're using PC um, clinically, you're looking more at the emotional and the Shen disturbance side. So it's more of an internal um, kind of thing than an external thing. Mm. Yeah, and I think... Yeah. Did I cut out? You cut out a little bit, but it's a little bit laggy, but I kind of got the gist. I heard internal and external. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's the only thing I caught yeah sure the <laughs> listeners will hear it right yeah I, I'm gonna uh, yeah nah Tom's face is perfect <laughs> Dude. I, my face can be your latency judge oh, it sounded it sounded like such a good point I really wish I could I could understand what you were saying damn it um, I, I couldn't agree more with what Charlene said um, <laughs> <laughs> so by the sounds of it, she was talking about yeah, she was talking about um, you know that the Shen and treating the Shen from a different angle as well. Um, mm. I so right, I thought you were going to explain how, how, do you, back how do you how do you look at the heart and the Shen and the pericardium then? Like how do you when you talk about treating the heart and the shen from a different angle what do you mean by that i think my sort of greatest understanding about that is and it sort of comes back to again more of a clinical aspect and using acupuncture using um pc6 over heart seven and sort of what you want to achieve you know heart seven is is great for calming the mind and calming the shen and looking directly at the heart. You've gone to the king. Where PC6 is a, is a bit of a gentle approach, you're looking at the palace, you're trying to find out ways to 
sort of build up from the ground rather than going to the top, you know, to help that structure. And I think that's sort of the the best way to explain it um, and sort of how you want to treat. So, yeah, using that PC6 um, in in some patients, I, again, this is all, it all differs depending on who you're treating. Going to the PC6 route or the, the pericardium route um, can prove much more beneficial for some people um, where they need to build those palace walls and they need to sort of build their city from the ground up, um, you know, and start to sort of house their shen a bit better and calm, sort of open the chest and let the free flow in. Or, in some aspects, it's better to treat the heart directly um, and sort of really sedate that heart and get in there and sort of slap the king around a little bit, calm him down. <laughs> you know, that. It's, it's, you know, a contrast of opinions. And I think that's that's sort of the best thing about Chinese medicine, again, is we could treat the same person and use, you know, way different points. Mm. And still get the same sort of results of, like, helping mm. achieve that's balance. Right. Yeah, that's really good. Oh, I'm thinking. Does anybody have anything else to say? Never do. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> that's not true <laughs> never has anything to say yet talks the most <laughs> I know because <laughs> <laughs> I talk I talk the bullshit I <laughs> 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 uh, love it uh, let's wrap this up <laughs> alright so so this was uh, I was just going to mention th- this is our last segment of that introductory of our series. Um, oh, introductory series on the on the organs, um, we'll go through more of eight principles and extraordinary sort of extraordinary organs. The this I I class them as like the second semester, um, the second semester topics. <laughs> sort of setting you up for now that you've seen the inside. Let's look at the outside. Um, so congratulations, everyone! You've passed semester one. <laughs> Yay! Yay. Let's have a Zoom virtual graduation with everyone else. Oh no, we got semester two to do. Yeah, you know, you know, it's got free. Yeah, no, no, no. All those people that had to do their graduations like virtually or didn't get one because of and they like virtually pass over like a certificate. They're like, oh, thank you. (laughs) That sucks. Exactly. That sucks. I'll, I'll see if I can whip up like a piece of paper that. That our, our listeners can download at the end of our, <laughs> the end of our thing if they want like graduation. No, you go. You put your IT skills to work and just put like a little, like a little web page where they just, they just click it and then it's just like, yeah, you graduated. And there's like party balloons and there's like all like, like fireworks <laughs> and stuff and like yes! the solitaire. <laughs> it can be arranged. That's no Please problem. do, please do. And then you can link it in the show notes. <laughs> as always thank you for listening to our forever young podcast don't forget to follow us on instagram and like and join our facebook pages and and as always we're the forever young podcast and you'll hear from us next time bye bye Bye. Bye.